surrounded by werebeasts, Octavia delves into Montignon and Carhoon faces his past. Will they roll out the welcome wagon for our heroes? Will Octavia and Carhoon reach the Chapel of Scales before the monster hordes attack? And what if the Chapel of Scales is actually just a fancy place where you go to weigh things? Welcome to me, my spouse, and a die. Welcome to Me, My Spouse, and a Die. I'm Gwyneth, your resident Asimar, Octavia Marguerite Sinclair. And I'm Austin, your resident Dungeon Master. If you like what you hear in the next hour or so, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or your preferred podcasting app. The best way for us to grow is by you sharing us with your friends, so please do just that. This is our first time recording together, uh, not in our Pittsburgh location. Mm-hmm. We're recording in the capital of this great nation. <laughs> with an O. I was always confused about that when I was a kid. And I'm sure some pictures will be posted, but it's like we've unleashed our inner child and built a crazy blanket fort because when we started this podcast, we assumed we would be uh, recording separately for the most part. So <laughs> we did not buy directional microphones. Yep. So we're recording in the same spot. It's very difficult to uh, isolate one person's voice. And not get, you know, bleed through on, on both mics, which mm-hmm. makes it much more difficult for me to edit around. So I think we've done a pretty good job, but we've got blankets thrown up between us. So I, I cannot actually see Gwyneth right now, even though we are recording in the same room. Yeah, it's very Phantom of the opera E because I'm hearing Austin as he's talking and I'm watching, you know, my uh, recording, you know, the meter going and I'm hearing him. But I can't see him, and I'm just like, this is, like, almost a little creepy. (laughs) But it's exciting, because in Pittsburgh, we'd always play in different rooms. Like, someone would be in the living room, and someone would be in the bedroom. And so we'd really be able to isolate and still build pillow forts around our mics. But here, yeah, this is the first time we've not had to use Discord or anything. So it's really exciting that we're not going to all of a sudden be like, big reveal, and then, wait, Discord cut out right when you said that really important thing and i totally missed it which has happened a couple of times so we've just had to like play around it so it's kind of exciting in that regard we we will be uh probably changing our recording setup in the near future mm-hmm. getting some of those directional mics potentially i think this will work for now welcome back this is episode 15 i know that's a good nice round number the big one five mm-hmm. we made it we made it into deep into the double digits. We're we're truly a teenage podcast. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> terrible fifteen. Oh my gosh. We're that about was... to get very angsty. Uh, um, so. Those were not good not good years in Gwyneth's life, to say the least. Just be prepared for that. Mom. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway. Well, shall we play some Dungeons and Dragons? Let's play. Oh, I'm so excited. We've our personal campaign hasn't met in a little bit, and so it's been we've actually had a kind of like a, a dearth of D and D for a little bit, and so my soul is super ready to roll some of those good good gems. Good good gems. Dice <laughs> things. Clickety clackety treasures. Uh currency well, of goodness. Do you remember where we last left off? Yes. Uh Octavia and Carhoon had been Uh, meandering their way along the foothills of Absalon's Tail to skirt the city of Montagnon to approach from the, I guess they're approaching from the east, going down to the west to get into the city to skirt around the monster encampment that has surrounded the city walls. And on their way, the two of them came across a couple other lycanthrops who recognized Carhoon. And there was some yelling at the beginning where Octavia was not particularly pleased with Carhoon about the whole, like, I bared my secrets to you, bro. You did not reciprocate. That was not necessarily super duper chill. True. So. Very true. That so, was episode 14. Excellent recap. Oh, thank you. I should have had my deep announcer voice on the last episode of Me, My Spouse, and a Die. Oh. 
I tried to go too deep there. <coughs> Sorry. Choked a little bit. That, was, that wasn't staged, right? No. You didn't do that for comedic effect. No, I choked on some of my spit. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. So, yes, you, Octavia, find yourself. This is, I'm, th- this is weird because I'm, like, romancing my mic right now because it's in, like, a little box and it's the only thing I can see. Uh, so I'm just staring deeply into the depths of my microphone as I am narrating this. And it's just kind of... <laughs> Kinda, kinda weird. So you, Octavia, and Calhoun, after traveling through these mountains for most of, well, for a good portion of the night, mm-hmm. it is very early morning. Mm-hmm. It is very, very dark. Uh, is that both, the gloaming, or is the gloaming at night? I do not know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so you are in uh, this this starry. Night mm-hmm. surrounded by these three were creature mm-hmm. warriors. Four. Four. That's <laughs> true. That's true. Um, you have just heard, remembering from the last episode, you have just heard the war horns of the army surrounding Montagnon. Yes. Preparing for battle. And you have begun following these three guards. Through the forest, through these mountains, down into the city itself. However, they have not introduced themselves Mm -hmm. to you because I didn't have their names last episode. (laughs) (laughs) But I do now. Oh, man. Steve, Bob, and Jerry. (laughs) Hi, I'm Jerry the werewolf at your service. (laughs) They have those little, um... Uh, mechanic shirts on that have you know like the stripes and like the coveralls and their little names in cursive embroidered on it in white thread yep <laughs> is that now canon <laughs> <laughs> they're all wearing uh, mechanics jumpsuits <laughs> so now the the one in charge the elf who seems to have been doing the talking mm-hmm. and he uh, uh, this elf was the wolf he was the mountain cat. Oh, the mountain cat. Okay. And the other two people uh, in their humanoid forms, are they also elves or? I don't remember what I said. Okay. They are whatever you They're said. They're humans said, though. But human? Yeah. Okay. Again, if I said elf. They're not. They're humans. You thought they were elves, but on a closer look, their ears Right. Are you know, they're, they're willowy humans or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So the one in charge, uh, as he begins leading you through, introduces himself as Sarim. Sarim. Mm-hmm. And he seems to know uh, Carhoon. And so you guys uh, follow them, winding your way back down the mountain through these forests, back into uh, the foothills, presumably to get into the city Mm -hmm. from the back. Uh, so we heard the horns of the monster army how long ago? Very recently. Like 15 minutes, basically. Yeah, a couple minutes. Um, Octavia will not pull Carhoon aside, but kind of lower her head and like, kind of like whisper under her, not whisper, but under her breath, be like, is this something that we should blow the horn of the grot for? Uh, would, I know their tactics are more gorilla-esque. Do you think that they would come to the aid of Montagnon, do you think that is something that would be within their military strategy? Well, you could give it a try if you wanted, but it seems their offer was more on a personal level. Okay. I do not think they are equipped to face an army of this magnitude. That's what... That's kind of what I was thinking, but I wanted to make sure we were... You know, Our goats can't repel firepower of this magnitude! <laughs> oh my gosh... I was just wanting to make sure I was looking at all of our options. In charge of my four or five power. Too late. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> Do we have to like cut that out? Is this no, like, I'm leaving that. Fair use. Like, there is always a, it is always a good time for Star Wars. <laughs> Disney, please don't sue us. Disney, please, please, Mickey, please don't. Um, <laughs> so you you have this, and you could give it a blow if you want, and. We would see what happens. Um, I mean, Octavia definitely is kind of more of the mind of of what Carhoon said. It did seem like it was more of a personal 
offer, but she just wanted to, if, if Carhoon was like, oh yeah, this is totally something that we should do, she would be inclined to do it, mm. to blow the horn. But sure. she's also been like, well, this does seem more personal, so she's going to mm. abstain for now. Okay. Um, as you guys continue, uh, Sarim turns back to the two of you and he says, it's lucky it was me who found you, Karun. Anyone else might not have let you back in. Now, from the sounds of it, it seems like these brutes are mounting their attack, but I believe the walls of Montagnon are firm, and we will be able to push them back, but still. I think the uh, Lord Protector Severin will want to know that you've returned. And he continues leading you in. Okay. Octavia is like a classic, like, raised eyebrow, like, Ooh, this is some drama, obviously. Mm-hmm. And sorry, what was the Lord Protector's name again? Severin. Severin. Not Severus. Back off, JK. <laughs> Octavia is, is, is being very careful to kind of not say anything to like step on toes because she's seeing how this is kind of a weird kind of delicate social balance right now so she's just kind of like well i'm gonna go with the flow right here i understand that from a narrative perspective from a gameplay perspective you might want to step in eventually so that i don't have to have long conversations with myself oh, that's also true good point good point good point uh, for, like, but you are you are you are good <laughs> Uh, My character says nothing. Tarhoon says this, and then he says this, and then they say that. <laughs> Octavia is silent. She's like, people would get bored. This is um, the most interesting episode ever. <laughs> oh, I didn't mean that as a cut against you. I realized after I said that, that might have been rude. I think it was rude against you, and I don't like that either. But Oh, thanks, uncles. <laughs> All right, so uh, they continue, these three <laughs> creatures continue leading you down the mountain, and you guys wend your way. You're still very tired and Carhoon's slipping every now and then, but you uh, you start making your way down, down, down this mountain. How long is it seeming to take? Uh, maybe like another half hour or so. I mean, throughout, since it's taking more than, you know, just like five minutes, Octavia will probably be like to the other two besides Saurim be like, I don't know if I've heard caught your name quite yet as you know i'm octavia and i feel like i'm a bit at a loss since i don't know how to address you uh, they introduce themselves as humans mm-hmm. armis and salomon did you say artemis and armis 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 and salomon kind of like salmon but where you salomon. really pronounce the l salomon that's really cool i like that it makes me think that they should why they should salamanders wild shape into fish yeah that's flop cool around yeah it'd be kind of useless but <laughs> like magic at least on land oh my gosh okay cool just she's you know trying to make more be like okay we at least know each other's name so it's not as awkward to be like you person mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all right hold on give me just a second i need to think about something real quick a detail that i overlooked oh i can I'm smell the i can smell the rubber burning that's mean a dangerous pastime i know yeah, okay, sorry. So you, you come along and, and you travel mm-hmm. through a little a little bit longer through the night, uh, through these dark, rocky, craggy mm-hmm. passages, and eventually you come to a, a wall, okay. an outer wall. You would guess uh, sort of the back wall to Montagnon. It's not as big or as majestic as sort of the frontward-facing wall okay. at which the monster army is approaching because... Uh, you realize there's the the reason you came this way is because no army could march through these mountains, mountains. and attack from this side. Okay. So it's more of a, a barrier to keep individuals out mm-hmm. rather than a huge fortification um, to keep entire entire armies away. So this would be like the eastern wall? Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, approximately, approximately. Yes. So Serene, uh, he, he walks up to this wall and... and beckons you to follow and then approaches a, a gate, mm-hmm. of course, and and uh, is ushered through with little fanfare. Uh, it seems like this city has bigger things on its mind. Are and there you and, people opening the gate for them? Uh, or? You can't see anyone necessarily. So did the gate just kind of like automatically opens like they could sense their presence? Maybe. Oh, dang, that's so cool. Okay. Oh, man. Sorry, go ahead. That's neat. So these gates swing open and 
Sareem, Armis, and Salomon enter and cross this threshold. Mm-hmm. And you and Carhoon follow right behind them. <laughs> and uh, you walk through and set foot finally within the walls of the city of Montagnon. Uh, oh my gosh, I can't believe we finally made it! Oh my gosh, I'm so excited! It's taken so long! Yes! Beyond the <laughs> walls inside the city, there aren't the, this forested trees that block your view of the night sky, and so the, the stars and the moonlight shine down and give the city a sort of ghostly mm-hmm. illumination. There don't appear to be uh, many people in the, the streets, okay. whether that's because they're asleep or because there's an army about to besiege them. You're not entirely sure. Mm-hmm. The city itself uh, seems to be carved almost like directly into the side of this mountain. So oh, cool. You can't really see necessarily seams between buildings and structures and, and the roads and ground on which you are traveling. Oh, that's so neat. Uh, Serene begins leading you into the city proper, and the the passageways you begin to notice are a bit claustrophobic. Mm. They're sort of tight. The the doorways and archways are a bit lower than uh, you might expect. Okay. Seems to be very, uh, not quite like diminutive, but a bit cramped, a bit (laughs) smaller than, than you are used to. Like it was made by gnomes or dwarves or just by like people who were, you know, thousands of years ago, like, shorter. Um, you, you would know. I guess you can roll a history check okay. if you really want Oh, to. first roll of the day! I don't think my history is very good. No! Nine! Nine. Uh, you would know generally that this city uh, was one of the last vestiges of the the first elves. Okay. Yeah. And it seems to be of original elven construction. Okay. So super duper ancient. Yes. Oh, so neat. Very, very long ago. And you can see that these passages and the walls are weathered with time. Yeah. So it's hard to get a good uh, look at the city because there's these winding passages and corridors that are blocking your view. Mm-hmm. But you, the, the buildings you can see, they're, they're simple, they're functional. Um, they don't seem to be heavily adorned, but there's also something... Uh, sort of elegant in their construction. Mm-hmm. As we're winding our way through the city again, Octavia will kind of like whisper to Carhoon and be like, should we go immediately to the Chapel of Scales? Is this something we need to do immediately? Or this this Lord Protector who was mentioned earlier, is this somebody that we should talk to first? It seems we will need to discuss our doings with the with the Lord Protector first. Octavia will nod. Makes sense, I mean, <laughs> to have to talk to authorities before you go traipsing around potential holy sites. Yes, yeah, exactly. So, Carhoon hasn't said much uh, yeah. since as you have been uh, winding your way through. And so after another few minutes of making your way through these cramped little streets mm-hmm. and twisting and turning such that your natural internal compass gets a bit mm-hmm. mixed around. You're mm-hmm. not sure what direction you're heading. Uh, you can just see a thin sliver of the night sky above you from between these these buildings. Uh, eventually, Serene leads you out and things open up a bit as he brings you into a sort of courtyard. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a, a cobbled floor. Mm-hmm. Along the sides of this courtyard, it's sort of there. There's some, some of these fir trees or shrubbery that are lining the edges of it that have been neatly trimmed into little like conical points, like oh, topiary, cool. but not in like animal shapes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like nice little uniform cones, <laughs> like little little Christmas trees in like cartoons, <laughs> like upside down uh, ice cream cones. Yeah, exactly. But green and tree. <laughs> So like that, except nothing like that. <laughs> like that, except not at all. <laughs> oh, man. And he, uh, he leads you into this corridor, and he turns to you, the two of you, and he says, Wait right here, I will return. He turns and begins walking past the corridor, mm-hmm. and as he goes through it, you can see it leads up to a large keep. Okay. Sort of like a, a, a big old castle, and it's constructed similarly to everything else you've seen, very sort of... Not rugged, but simple, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. functional, but also, again, very, very elegant in its design. Mm-hmm. 
not overly adorned. There's not like intricate runes inscribed everywhere or little carvings, but just very, uh, very minimalistic. Awesome. If you will. Uh, it reaches up high. You can see towering above you, finally getting a, a look at the architecture, soaring towers and turrets, some battlements with crenellations behind which defenders could take cover. Mm-hmm. It looks like a very stable, very, very fortified mm-hmm. location. And as Sareem walks towards the front doors of this place where you can see there are uh, sort of two other guards stationed, he gets maybe halfway across the uh, across the, the courtyard when the doors swing open and two figures begin striding confidently out toward you. Okay. The first figure is a man. Okay. A human man. Um, sorry. Also, all of the... Are all of the animals, all, all the lycanthropes that we've seen, like uh, Armus and everybody, are they all male or...? Uh, so far, okay. you've seen them, but you've also only seen, like, the... the you've only seen, what, three of them? So right, I was just wondering, of those three, just double-checking. Yes, of those three, they're all male, but the two figures striding toward you, one is a male and one is a female. Okay. And what about the guards on either side of those doors that just opened? The guards are kind of far away. You okay. can't really tell. But those are all, are they humanoid, those guards? Yeah, okay. they're not in animal shape. Also, is this is this keep also seemingly built out of the mountain or was it actually yes. constructed? So does it seem like it was one piece of giant stone that was carved? Uh, that's what it looks like. Dang, that is so cool. So there aren't, you know, like the classic medieval like scenes where you see mm-hmm. the blocks. Yeah, you can't really see any brickwork. It looks like oh, it was either carved so out of the mountain or cool. like the, the stone was just shaped directly from it. <laughs> so these two figures walking towards you. The man is, he's tall. He's got grain hair, sort of longish that's, that's pulled back into like a, a ponytail kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Short, whitish beard piercing eyes but he's dressed in very very nice plate armor and he's got like a big old sword swung across his back oh okay uh clearly dressed for battle okay yeah which makes sense sense. (laughs) the woman striding next to him is not wearing armor but is in sort of arcane robe Mm -hmm. again sort of grayish white hair that's pulled back into a tight bun on the back of her head the very sort of strong face mm-hmm. if that makes mm-hmm. any sense like a clear you know chiseled jaw yeah like a very authoritative yes yes and they they walk towards you and from their demeanor it looks like they're not actually coming to attend to you oh okay but they're coming for some other purpose and then they see a serene walking toward them and you see them stop in the middle of the courtyard and exchange a few words and then the man looks past at the group of you, mm-hmm. and then the three of them approach again. Uh-oh. And uh, Carhoon <laughs> kind of bows his head a little bit, uh, and he whispers to you, and he says, that is Lord Protector Severine and Lady Marin. And Octavia will similarly kind of, you know, bow her bow her head, kind of not, obviously not curtsy or anything, but, you know, show some deference. Mm-hmm. So these two walk up to you, and uh, Serene sort of stands off to the side, and Lord Protector Severine addresses the two of you, and he says, Carhoon, who's serious? You've returned. What new curse have you brought to unleash upon us this time? Oh my gosh, hot dang. Octavia's eyeballs get real big at that. Carhoon just, he doesn't really respond, he just sort of keeps his gaze down at the ground, and then uh, Severin turns his eyes to you and he says, And who is this? outsider you have brought and he sort of sniffs the air a little bit and he says clearly not one of us my lord my name is octavia marguerite sinclair i have been sent here by the god absalon i have been sent to this chapel of scales that is within your city on a mission from our god ostensibly in light of this monstrous plague that has rushed down the mountains and is assaulting our world and with that, she will pull out the, uh, uh, you know, cat head pendant that she's been wearing and kind of show, show Lord uh, Severine the pendant. He looks at it and then sort of looks you over uh, sort of from head to toe for a second. And his eyes linger on your pupilless mm-hmm. eyes and your weird hair that's sort of floating gently in this still aired courtyard because yeah she definitely doesn't look i mean at first glance she might look 
you know, normal human, but upon further inspection, yeah, with her, her funky hair and her funky eyes, definitely, like, she looks a little otherworldly. <laughs> he says, <laughs> the gods abandoned this city years ago. Carhoon, why, what have you brought here, and why have you returned? Carhoon says to him, it is as she says, Lord Protector, we are on a mission from God. <laughs> Sorry, that's a great line. <laughs> Throw it in as many times as we can. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, keep a running tally. Severin says, coincidental timing, I think. You, the curse bringer, returns at the same moment an army appears at our gates. Who's to say you're not with them, that your loyalties have not been persuaded since you have left. If my word is anything, I would say that his being with me, I would vouch for him. I have no love for these monsters, and my family has been decimated by them as much as any others. And I would be no friend to anyone who is a friend of theirs. The, uh, the lady at his side, Lady Marin, she doesn't speak to you, but she sort of leans over to him and whispers uh, indiscernibly into his ear. Mm-hmm. After a moment, they they break, and he looks at you, and he says, What do you need from us? We need access to the Chapel of Scales. (sighs) You know what this one has done, yes? No, I do not. Unfortunately, some secrets were kept from each other that have only now been revealed, but that does not change my trust. Harhoon has stood next to me, in times when both of our lives have been in danger and I have trusted him with my life and he has trusted me with his. And again, what has happened in the past may indeed have hurt numbers of people. But I do believe that what we are to do now is in a matter of... It's going to help a lot. How long have you known this man? Probably a week. (laughs) I would... Question your trust and your loyalties in someone you have just met. Oh, I have just met you, sir, so I have to say that I question what you have to say even more than I would question what Carhoon would have to say. For uh, you have not proven yourself to me at all. But Carhoon, he has. His face, he, he sort of snarls and his face turns a bit like a few tufts of hair kind of like puff out for just an instant. Mm-hmm. And he says, I would hold your tongue and not speak to me if you know what's good for you in such a way. I mean no offense, sir. I just want to assert the fact that I do not know what Carhoon has done, but as I have known him, he's only ever proven himself to be trustworthy, and I do not want that to be colored, necessarily. It was the... Ego, the arrogance and greed of this man and his companions that beset the current ailment upon this city. And he holds up a hand and then it it sort of flashes into a paw for Mm -hmm. a second and then returns back to a, a human hand. And he says, this is what results from you delving into things that you could not understand. And now you come back asking for more of the same? Tell me why I should allow you access to this chapel what do you expect to find how should i know there's not more evils lurking beneath that will attack us from inside the city as we are beset upon from outside my lord i cannot guarantee you safety all i know is that my god and the god who gave me unasked for divine powers and divine essence has told me to come here has directed me to do so i don't know that there is not evil underneath i do not know if it is good i do not know what is there and so i know i cannot guarantee you safety i cannot guarantee you a weapon to help yourself against these monsters i cannot guarantee that there won't be something else awoken in that chapel but all i know is that i have been tasked my entire life with carrying out the divine will of El Absalom. And finally, after years of thinking that I would be free from 
a quest from Gad. It has now fallen into my lap. And I am here, not necessarily of my own will, but because I know that it is what I ought to do. So I cannot necessarily comfort you and say that no further harm will come to this city because of what I was told to do. But, I mean, comfort in the fact that one of our gods is telling us to do that, you know, that might be just a little bit of something. Again, Lady Marin does not address you, but sort of uh, pulls Severin back Mm -hmm. and and whispers into his ear again. Are Are they also elves? They're humans. Okay. We're humans. Um, <laughs> oh, we're humans. That's so interesting. You always think of it like as where turns into a person. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. Uh, oh, that's weird. Oh, <laughs> ooh, that's weird. Uh, but she whispers into his ear again. <laughs> and after uh, another few moments, he turns back to you and he says, I don't have time for this. We don't have time for this. A real threat is approaching our city. <sighs> There's no power left in that dusty old chapel. Do with it what you will. Take what you need and leave. And he looks at Carhoon and he says, do not come back. Octavia nods. Thank you. If you do, be careful what you find in there. If it's like what you unleashed before, you will have to answer for it. And if this one, any points at you, causes any trouble, it's coming out of your hide. And then he uh, sort of raises a hand and snaps a finger, and from uh, uh, another sort of archway on one Mm -hmm. of the sides, uh, two sort of squires come in, leading leading some steeds forward up to the lord and lady, Mm -hmm. who mount them, and he turns to Sarim and he says, Sarim, you're needed at the front. Salomon, escort them to where they need to go. I do not wish to see you in my city again, Carhoon. Make your visit brief. Uh, and then he, yeah! Mm-hmm. Clump, 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 clump. <laughs> and they, they ride off. Uh, Sareem walks up to Carhoon and he says, I know that wasn't pleasant. I, at least, am glad to see you're safe. Good luck. And then he uh, clasps Carhoon on the shoulder mm-hmm. and begins walking out following, uh, following the lord and lady. And uh, Armis goes off to do something else. Okay. <laughs> I was like, what about Armis? <laughs> he probably follows. They, they need all the fighters they can Yeah, yeah. Carhoon turns to him and he says, Well, that went about as well as it could have. Well, it could have gone a little bit better if I had maybe been prepared to know that you're a purse bringer? Question mark? I told you. It was me and my companions. Looking for the tome of Belvridre that unleashed this ailment, this this curse upon the city. Well, yes, but in most of your uh, representations, it had seemed as though you had not been here when it actually happened. So, it, your representation was that it was more your companions as opposed to you directly. Well, you know the truth now. If you don't wish me to be your companion anymore, I can understand that. Oh, stop it. Uh, You've done nothing to that where I've known you that that would make me think that at all. So, sure. We can talk about this more if we want, or potentially not. uh. He says, come. I, I believe I still have a home in this city. I must rest. I'm in no condition to delve into no. the unknown. Right absolutely. Now. Salomon kind of follows you as Garhoon begins limping his way out of this courtyard. Uh, he seems like he knows where he's going. Okay. And uh, he leads you back, uh, sort of back the way you came, generally speaking, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. away from the front of the city into into sort of the, the back, the east end near the mountain. After a, a ways of, of trekking again, twisting and turning through these little corridors, uh, it comes, the, the buildings begin to sort of become more sparse as you get towards sort of the outskirts mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm. city central. And he leads you up to a small, it's not like a hovel, but it's just a, a little little building. It's mm-hmm. not very big, sort of a, a 
stone shack, if you will, just very humble and, and small. And he, he walks up to it and he says, this is my, was my home. You can rest here until we are ready to go to the chapel. Sounds good. And uh, he opens the door. Is Salomon still with us too? Yep, Salomon's okay, with cool. you. He posts up by the door. Oh, okay. Like outside? Yeah. Well, Octavia will like welcome him in and be like, I, th- I cannot really welcome you into someone else's home, but I mean, you definitely don't need to stay outside during the night if you wouldn't prefer. Eh, Salomon transforms into a dog and just like sleeps. <laughs> <laughs> okay, He's well. Like, I'm good. I'm good. Don't worry. Okay. Well, let me know if you need like peanut butter or anything. <laughs> Carhoon opens the door and gestures you inside, mm-hmm. and then he follows, and you enter. I'm really imagining the house from White Run for some reason right now. It's kind of like that, like the breeze, breeze home. home. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> like that. Yeah, it's small. Uh, it's it's or just like that one floor. If you didn't have that second floor on top, yeah, of it. it's basically a one room mm-hmm. uh, home. There's a cot in a corner. There's a desk and a small bookshelf mm-hmm. in, in the opposite corner. On the opposite wall, there's a little sort of fireplace with uh, a few pots and pans. But as you enter, you can you can see that what looked like, Carhoon looks like, uh, this place was once a very sort of neat, organized mm-hmm. place. Everything in its, in its proper area, but you enter and you can see that it looks like someone has been in here and the place is just sort of trashed. Oh, like it's been ransacked. Yeah, like there's all of... All of, there's a bunch of like books and scrolls and papers just like strewn across the floor. A bookshelf sort of tipped over. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. It's it's not a pleasant scene. And, uh, Carhoon just walks in and he sees all this. He just sighs. <laughs> uh, and, sh- and Octavia will be like, "Do you know what happened? It- here? <sighs> I did not unleash." The curse willingly was a mistake, an accident. I many do not believe it was so, mm. and it is right that they hold me responsible. Here, some wish to take that out in uh, different ways. Yeah, he, uh, he sort of gets on his knees and starts scooping up some papers and stuff and putting them back on the bookshelves. Mm-hmm. He says, Octavia, I hid what I am, what I have done, not out of a fear, not out of a mistrust of you, but out of shame for what I am, mm-hmm. what I've done. I am because of everything you see around you. This was in part my doing. The the horror of that night, howling night when this was beset upon the city. People turning into, into monsters with no understanding of what was happening or why. Many gave in to their bestial urges because they could not control it. Mm-hmm. It takes time. And when it is thrust upon so many people with such little warning, it was not a pleasant sight. Families Literally tearing each other apart, mm. husbands and wives, children given the power to kill with no understanding and no explanation, all because of my arrogance and my ego that we could handle whatever we found, even though we should have realized it was well beyond our understanding. Octavia will start to help picking up the scrolls. And ask, so did you find the tome then? Oh yes, I did, I did not lie about that. That is what brought us here. And the tome is what unleashed, unleashed this curse? Not directly. Protections around the tome? 
Tom laid out the history of much of what we do not know from before the judgment. The, uh, the dragon wars, as we have called them, and the... Well, how much do you know of, of this? Oh, I know that they were great, great beings who came from the plane of water, and the gods sent us dragons to protect us, but then the dragons turned on us, and the, the dragons split, some siding with, with us mortals and some siding with just themselves to try to take, take over this world, and eventually the gods... I think just wiped us all out, right? And for a while, Moir lay barren without life on it before the more of us pseudo-primitive races came upon it again. I mean, I I didn't ever go to school like you did. Uh, that's kind of all that I know. That's not far from the truth. Before the judgment, the elves lived on this land, but yes, there were creatures that they needed protection from, and so the three sent down the sacred tribunal, the dragons, to watch over the land, to protect the the inhabitants of Moir. And in peace they lived for many years, many generations. But these creatures you speak of, these these waterborne the Aboleth. They wanted to be... They wanted dominion over this plane. They wanted power. They wanted to rule. And over time, they poisoned the minds of some of the, the tribunal, some of the dragons. Mm-hmm. Turned them against each other. And started a, a great war between chromatic dragons and the metallic dragons who remained to protect the elves. Now, this war raged for many, many years, and the gods did not step in mm-hmm. initially. The, the elves were defeated, the metallic dragons believed to be slain, the elves retreated into the earth, but a few, namely Belvidra, remained to chronicle what had happened. In hiding, it seems, the Aboleth and the chromatic dragons had what they wanted. They were the sole power in Moir, but what good is power if you have no one to rule over? Mm. And so they wanted to become akin to the gods themselves. They began delving deep into dark magics beyond anyone's understanding, I reckon. Trying to create their own life, create their own dominion to rule over. Oh, wow. It was then from what we can understand and translate of this tome that the three eventually decided to take matters into their own hands now that their power was threatened and they they sent their essence we're not entirely sure exactly what happened but they they cleansed the plane in what is known as the judgment but this power that the Abolet sought the power to create life anew. We thought that's what we had learned with all of the knowledge we had gained over the years that there might be something there that we could gain something to to use. Oh. So you sought to replicate the dark magic of the Avila. We did not seek to replicate it necessarily, but we did not we did not want to be like gods. What did you but seek to be like? We wanted to know what they knew. Scholars are sometimes 
too busy asking themselves if they can do something to ask if they should do something. Mm -hmm. And it was our arrogance and thinking we could handle it and not fall victim to its feel, its power that, well, this is what results from that. So where is the rest of your, you know, where are your colleagues, where are the rest of all these scholars who came here with you? Some were killed that night. Mm. The rest fled. So they are out in Moir, did any stay? I stayed. As far as I know, I'm the only one. How long did you stay before you left? I only left some months ago in order to find you after that night. It's been my life's goal to undo what I have done. And as you're picking up the papers, you can see that most of them are like arcane tomes and texts and Mm -hmm. things relating to curses and lycanthropy and crazy things that you have like no No idea. Yeah. I can, like, read a word here or there type yeah, of thing. but they're in a, nu- a number of all of the languages that Karun speaks. There's books in, like, all of those. Yeah. Um, and he says, I-, I don't know if it is possible, but I owe it to these people to try and find out. Octavia, I have, I have seen you take lives in our journey, but do you know... What it feels like to be responsible for the death of innocence? Yes. She cuts him off. And it's just like, yes. Then you have some idea of why I hid what I hid. I can understand. To a point. Your experiences have been different from mine, though, of course, so... I can't understand it 100%. I am trying to atone for what I have done. As you should. I don't think I ever will. You might. I mean, who knows? We have indeed been called back to this place. Because you found the tome in this chapel, correct? No, no, it's not from the chapel. The chapel is unrelated. Oh, okay. Well, never mind. I thought at first I was like, oh, well. Found the tome in the chapel, called back to to the chapel, maybe some grand circle. Where did you find the tome? Oh, I mean, there are many, many uh, archaeological relics about. I mean, Belvitre himself, as from what we can tell from his tome, was again hiding amongst the surface so as not to be enslaved or killed by the abolet and the dragon. Mm. So it was hidden well and deep within the city. Okay. We might find something that i don't know we're being called here i think for some reason neither of us know why and potentially through this you can find redemption and rectify the wrongs that you've committed for at least most of these people are still alive they may have a curse upon them but at least they still have life and that is something a silver lining that i'm sure is hard to try to see because of how much hurt there is there. But there's at least that. At least you can try to save them. At least that's still an option. Or... I don't have that option. There is no redemption for what I have done. But potentially we can lift this curse. And I think that is something that... Yeah, we dutifully should look into. But I think... We have traveled a long way, and we've come to a place where we can find some respite without having to look over our shoulders. And I think that we should find some rest as much as we can in this place. He uh, he puts the rest of the books and papers back onto the bookshelf, and he... Yes, I, I agree. You may have the bed, I... I've gotten accustomed to sleeping on the ground. Well, I appreciate it, because I, I do sleep, so I don't want my shoulders to be all, like, crickly crackly in the morning. Let us rest, and we shall head out to the to the chapel as soon as we are able. Yes. It appears that, well, 
I do not think we should remain here any longer than we must. I agree. And, yeah, he clears a space on the floor and uh, sort of gets down into his meditative position mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and leaves the, the bed for you. Awesome. Yeah, Octavia will hunker down and, I mean, she's exhausted as well because, I mean, they both came within inches of their, you know, inches of unconsciousness and inches of their life in this past kind of like 24 hours type of thing. So she's probably just like conks out. And the two of you go to sleep. Alrighty. As much sleep as elves do. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it's the middle of the night right now, so you'll, you'll wake in the late morning. Okay, yeah. We'll be awake in time for brunch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Does brunch he have, like, time. champagne and orange juice in his cabinets? No. Oh man! <laughs> He's got, like, nothing in his cabinets. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we probably, honestly, cooked up some, or not cooked up, but, like, snarfed down some rations before we slept also, just because it's, like... You know, I don't know the last time we ate. Our sleep schedule's all messed up. Yeah. And, yeah, so you, you sleep through the night Sounds and good. into the morning. And the the sun shines through a little crack in the windows. Mm-hmm. And uh, the two of you feel rested. Mm-hmm. And I believe for a long rest, I think Carhoon's exhaustion goes away okay sounds well i was also wondering with him being in montagnon if that would kind of eliminate it as well yeah, more or less okay. uh, but it it goes away after this night of night of rest and the two of you wake all right so prepare he's... yourselves to head to the chapel of scales all right and I think we'll pick up there next time. Oh my gosh, are you serious? I want to get there so badly. Oh my gosh. So much talking. I'm just like, I want to go. But good talking, good <laughs> good stuff. But I'm just like, I want to delve. Ah! Thank you all so much for listening. If you like what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. A great way for us to grow and reach more people like you is to share us with your friends. So please tell your gaming group about us or your friends who might be tangentially interested in RPGs, but who just also like a really good story. If you want to get in touch with us, please shoot us an email at me, my spouse, and a die at gmail.com or get in touch with us on social media. Our handle is at Podcast. We always try to respond to each message that we get, and we love hearing from you. See you all next week.